What's up, everybody? Hope you're doing great and just having a wonderful morning. If you are new here, my name is Aaron Olinsky. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace Church. We're so glad that you're here uh, checking our church out. We appreciate your willingness to come. And, and you heard reference uh, during our worship time about our prayer and fasting. And so for us as a church, we launched out last Sunday uh, on 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I'll tell you what, I am so proud of so many of you. We've heard how you're fasting and what you're doing. It's incredible. It's amazing. I talked to a few people and it's, they're, they're like, it's so hard. And I'm like, yeah, it is hard and it's so challenging, but it's supposed to be, right? Where we deny ourselves and we lay ourselves down and we pursue after the Lord relentlessly. And, but if you're finding it you know, difficult uh, in the food aspect, maybe you can try the carnivore fast where you just eat meat all day. Like, come on, like carnivore fast. Like, where are you at? Like, that'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, but man, uh, there's so many different ways to fast and things we can do. So I just want to encourage you with that. We are right here with you. The staff are fasting, lead team, like so many people in the connection groups, and it just is hugely important for all of us to be doing that, showing the Lord to launch 2020 after Him in the right way, because He is going to do big things. He already is and is going to continue, and we want that in our life. And I just want to invite you to come this Thursday uh, to GC Central, which is our multi-purpose like office and meeting room area. Our students meet there on Sunday night, and just is a great place for us to meet. So we're doing two worship times, prayer and worship times, this Thursday, January 16th. We're having our 6.30 a.m a.m. prayer, and we will be doing that on Facebook Live. We did that last week, and it was fantastic. It worked out great. We'll be doing that again, so this Thursday, January 16th, 6.30 a.m., worship and prayer, and then also our normal, like, 7 p.m. time where we'll be doing just prayer and worship. That'll be about an hour uh, at GC Central, so if you're a morning person or an evening person, you have two two opportunities. You know, you can can come and hang out with us. That'd be great. I'd encourage you to do that, Uh, because as we're launching out, you know, in this prayer and fasting, we're launching out on this year, one of the things that we're doing is we we have this series. This is week two of our what if series. Have you ever just sat and thought, what if? You know, maybe you're a a dreamer and you're like, I do that every day. You know, some people are like that, just big vision, big dreams, what if, and all the possibilities. And and if you're a little bit more into the details, sometimes it's good to take a step back, right? And and I was even praying, you know, this morning going, God, give me that 30,000 foot view of Grace Church. What's that vision? What's that perspective? If we were to pull ourselves all the way back and see what if, God were to do amazing things in our life. Where is he taking us? Where is he taking you in your life? And the the reality is, is we don't know. We we have some hopes and some goals and some aspirations. But man, when we look at scripture, what if all the promises that God gives to us are fulfilled? And and when you read scripture, there are a significant number of promises that God gives to us that can be filled, that God makes, where he, he talks about our life and, and the promises that we can experience in the Holy Spirit in our life, where we have the promise of forgiveness, which is amazing. So anytime you or I do something wrong, think something wrong, say something wrong, and we go, oh, like I should have done that, we have forgiveness. Like that's an amazing promise that the Lord gives to us. We have the promise of relationship with the Lord and connection with him as our dad. Even one of our worship songs was focused on that. It's just incredible to know we can connect with him in that way. We have a promise of prosperity, right? Where God talks about that. And, and, and he says, you know, how if we're generous towards him and give back towards him, generous towards others, that he'll meet all of our needs. And he cares so much about us. And I don't know about you, but I love promises. You know, you know if somebody promises you something, you know, we're hoping that they'll deliver. Sometimes they don't, and that's unfortunate. But if, if they have, if they're an honorable person or a company or, and, and, and they have character and integrity, you know if they make a promise that they are a person of their word, 
right? And so we have this amazing, like incredible promises that we see all around us all the time. Like, come on, what's up the promise of two-day shipping, right? You see that? You like two-day shipping? Oh, it comes in two days? Yes, you know, in, in the cart, pay now. I'll take that two-day shipping because I don't even have to go to the store and it's coming two days, guaranteed. Like, it's coming, that's amazing. I love great customer service. Like all of you presidents of companies and, and general managers out there and owners of your, like all of us, we love the promise of great customer service and people that follow through and just, that's amazing. So we have promises all around us all the time, don't we? I won't even get into politics on that one. So, but we are built, right? We're built to embrace promises, we are. Just as people, in the way that God designed us, he speaks promises over us. And so we're built to see them and understand them and long for them, right? And to see them to, to come to fruition. And so today we're going to be diving into scripture in the book of Exodus. Uh, if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and open up there. If you have your Bible app, uh, you can open up there. We're going to start in Exodus 6. We'll jump around in, in a few different spots right there at the beginning of that book. But the reason is we're focusing on because of the, the promises that God gives to the Israelites. So when you understand the story of the Hebrews and the Israelites, right, we know that they were enslaved in, in Egypt for 400 years, right? For four, that's a long, long period of time to be enslaved. And so when you look at the past, when you, have the, when you read scripture, the first book of the Bible is Genesis. And so as Genesis unfolds in its 50 chapters, when you come to the end of it, you have Joseph who, you know, the coat of many colors and that type thing. And so Joseph was leading in Egypt, but Joseph passes away. And the Pharaoh that Joseph served under also passed away. So then when you get into Exodus, you have new leadership in that country. And so everything begins to change. And so what, what happens is the Israelites are now a threat to the, the leadership in that country. So they're, they're put into slavery for 400 years. And then God gets to the point where he's like, hey, I hear the prayers of my people. And so he raises up Moses to be the leader uh, in the book of Exodus. And so Moses goes to the new Pharaoh. But the thing about it is, is the new Pharaoh has no understanding or reality of who Joseph was and, and the old Pharaohs from, you know, four centuries prior. And so Moses brings this message from God to free the Hebrews. And so we're going to take, take a look at three different promises that God gives to the Israelites during that time, but I absolutely feel that we can adopt these as our own and embrace these as promises that God gives to us. So let's take a look as God is speaking to Moses in Exodus, Exodus chapter 6, starting in verse 6. It says, Therefore say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord and I will free. Everybody say free. Free you from your oppression, and I will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. I will redeem. Everybody say redeem. redeem. You with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment, and I will claim. Everybody say claim. Claim, claim you as my own people, and I will be your God. So when you look at these verses, it's obvious, you know, the words I had you repeat. The first promise that he gives to the Israelites is that I will free you. So in order for 2020 to be a banner year for us, an incredible year that like, what if this was the best year ever? In order for that to be the case, we need freedom. We need freedom in our life. And automatically we, we begin thinking about freedom and we go, well, I'm not a slave. Like our country's not in, in slavery. And, and no, absolutely not. Not in the forced labor sense of the word when we think about slavery. But when we do the things that we 
don't want to do, that is being enslaved to that particular thing. And the Bible's very clear when we read the New Testament that we are enslaved to sin. Uh, in our life, we're constantly battling against that. And so we're enslaved to a number of different things. Sometimes maybe you're enslaved to different things in your life. Um, maybe, maybe one of them is fear, where if you're going about decisions, you're going about your life, and, and you're afraid of what might happen, you're afraid of the future. What has happened is a fear has come and ensnared you and affected you in such a great way that you're enslaved to it. Maybe it's depression. Just in your life, things just seem like this dark cloud constantly looming and, and nothing, there's no breakthrough and, you, and you, you're feeling this depression and oppression in your life. And so it's just, you're constantly bound up, never ever experiencing the freedom that God offers to you. And so we can be enslaved to depression. And then certainly addictions fall into this category where, you know, I made mention of if we do the things that we know we don't want to do, that's the case for so many addictions where we feel just trapped in it. We feel a slave to those things that we're constantly doing. And we want to be free, don't we? When we look at that, when we're making decisions based on fear, we feel so depressed and we're like, I want out. I want out of this. I don't want to be held any longer. So we want to be free, but just sometimes in our life, we feel stuck don't we? We just, we want freedom, but we feel stuck. And so after Moses had received the word from the Lord, right? He receives from God, like, you're supposed to be the one. You go take the message to the people of Israel. And he does that. And he confronts Pharaoh with what God had spoken to him. And this is what Pharaoh says in Exodus 5 verse 2. Is that so? Retorted Pharaoh. And who is the Lord? Why should I listen to him and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. And so this is the reality so many times in our life where we want freedom. We want to experience it, but what do we experience? Confrontation, don't we? Right out of the gate, there's something we want to be freed from, and right out of the gate, it, it just hits us right in the face, and we feel stuck. And there's so many different examples of how we feel stuck in our lives you know, some of you feel stuck in your job. You know, just like, oh, I need a breakthrough. I need a raise. I need a promotion. You just feel stuck in your job. You don't enjoy what you do. You're, trying, you're looking for different opportunities. Sometimes we feel stuck in the relationships that we're in. You know, just they're not healthy and, and they're dysfunctional. Oh, gosh, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so stuck. And, and so in this instance, I do want to very clearly say, you know, if you feel stuck in your marriage, there is breakthrough in your marriage. You know, that's not something that we break out of. God brings resolution and reconciliation in our marriage. And so that's something we can have and experience. But sometimes we also just feel stuck emotionally where just our emotions are bound up. And, and just the things that we feel, and, and they're dictating our lives, and we're not thinking clearly, we're not feeling right, and we're just off track, and we can feel it. Like every time that thing comes up, and your stomach just turns in knots, right? That, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking to. That, that's the thing that we feel stuck in. And I know there have been different times, you know, that I've been stuck, and we want to be unstuck, and we've, sometimes we have to break free or, or make a move, right? Sometimes we have to make a move to be unstuck. So let me tell you just a, 
a funny story about being stuck. I, I, I have a truck, like I'm, I'm a truck guy, I love a truck. You know, my, my sons often ask me like, if we, if we had a lot of money, would you get a new truck? You know, I'm, I'm, or would you get like a different car? I'm like, I'd probably get a truck. Uh, so that's just me, like I enjoy it. Uh, so a few months ago, uh, I took my, my, my sons, two of my sons out, and we were driving around, just do some trail, trail driving, and you know, just driving down around some particular areas, some off-road and type thing, and, and we were having a great time, just enjoying it, looking just nature, that type deal, I'm into that, I enjoy it. So we were out driving, and it was time for us to go, I had a, a 12 noon lunch appointment, so we, we had done some wonderful things, I just I enjoy those types of things with my son. And so I, I'm like going down this one road, this one path, a lot of grass, a little soft, you can see where I'm going. And so I, I just, I get ready to go ahead and make a three-point turn and I, and cause I need to turn around and head out. And I turn and literally my truck goes, and my front tire just goes right down in. And, and you know, you, we, we've been stuck before you feel. And, and I just, I knew I was like, Oh, like just, my heart just sunk and I knew I was stuck. So I back, you know, you know, going nowhere a little bit harder, like, nope, nothing, just mud thrown everywhere, which was kind of fun. But, you know, I just, I'm stuck. So I'm like, all right, boys, like we got to get out and dig. So we start digging, you know, like just bare fingernails, digging in the mud, jacking up the truck, sticking things. You've done it before. Some of you have like, let's jam this under there. Let's see if this works, dad, you know, or just jamming stuff underneath the tires. We had a, a lot of fun until, you know, finally after two hours, we had gone eight inches. Uh, of being moved. And, and so finally, I was just like, all right, uh, we're just going to have to walk. Like, we're going to walk out of here. And the boys were kind of done with it at that point in time. So they're like, all right, cool. So let's walk. And so we did. And, but, but here's the deal. Like, sometimes we're stuck in our life and we've got to make a move. So finally, I got to this decision. I'm like, eight inches is not enough movement. Like, we've got to just ditch this thing and go and go and find help. And so we're not going to get unstuck in our lives if we're just simply spinning our tires. And that's a word from God for some of you this morning. If you feel stuck, just spinning tires is not going to bring action. And so the next move is yours. It absolutely is yours. Where God gives these amazing promises to us, where, where we have to get to the point where, where we just accept who he is, like accept the reality that Jesus is God's son. That's a hugely important thing that we've got to do. Just accept that reality and then believe. Like, yes, absolutely, I put my faith. I believe in Jesus as the Lord's son. He's my savior. I need him. And then what happens is we, we experience the change that the Lord offers to us. And that's the movement that takes place. And so salvation opens the door to the freedom that you and I long for. Because Jesus did what he needed to do. He paid the price for you and I. And so he gives us the freedom that we need to experience in the areas that we're enslaved in our life. And so one of the promises God gave to them and to us is that I will free you. The second one is that he says is that I will redeem you. And so just so you're aware, I love, love, love the word redeem. I just, I love everything about it, what it means, the depth of it, the magnitude, just the breadth of just being redeemed in who I am. I love that. And I love that for you as well. I mean, somebody paid for the bad, right? I, that, that just is so contrary to what you and I know. When do you ever pay for something of poor quality? Like never, we never do that. Like never in our life. 
I mean, gosh, if you were going to buy a vehicle and you were looking at them and you, you went to maybe a, a used car lot and, and you saw this car and, and it had flat tires, you're like, and, and a blown transmission and a cracked engine block and the brakes are worn out and there's rust on it. Like you're not buying that car. You're not buying that vehicle. You're, looking, you're like, that, that belongs in a junkyard. I mean, right? It absolutely does. And, and oh man, but Jesus paid the price for our sins while we were the ones that were flat on our tires, that our engine block is blown out, and us in our life that were held down and held back. We should have been in the junkyard because of the things that we have done. And even though we deserve the junkyard, Jesus redeemed us. That is so significant for us in our life. Like, that's incredible. That just makes me just, just well up with tears and joy and emotion. Like, it just stirs me so incredibly. Because, we, because of all that, right? Because of the redemption of the Lord. Because of that, we do have an enemy, right? Because the Lord rescues us from what we've struggled with, and he puts us in this amazing place, the enemy then rises up against us because we're no longer in his camp. We now have been rescued and brought out because the, the enemy wanted to keep us in that decrepit state. He did. He absolutely does. And he will do anything to keep us there. He will do anything to cause us to return back from where the Lord has rescued us from. Or he'll do anything to prevent us from fully understanding who God is. Or he'll, he'll do anything that he can to put obstacles in the way to prevent us from living a fully empowered, Holy Spirit-driven life. He'll do anything that he can. And so the devil is constantly attacking, constantly nitpicking, constantly strategizing, constantly wanting to battle and oppose us. And so he wants to bring about destruction for our future. That's his goal, is to kill you or to destroy you or to rob from you. Like that, that is absolutely his goal. And so when you put this in the context of Exodus and Moses and God and his promises, here you have Pharaoh who is an ungodly leader and he absolutely opposes the redemption of the Israelites. And he will even kill to prove it. Because in Exodus chapter 1, at the beginning of that book, in verse 16, this is what he says. This is Pharaoh speaking. When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. And so what he's doing here is he's making decisions to kill the boys to prevent the Israelites to, to have just military strength where they could overtake the Egyptians or rise up and have this violent you know, uprising. And so his decision to make that happen is horrific. Like the, the mandate that he gives is just awful. Like it, it just makes our hearts sink. But that has been the strategy of the devil forever. Ever since God gave breath into human beings, Satan's goal has been to kill human because we reflect God in his nature. That's the way that we're designed. And he absolutely is still doing that today. I don't know if you're up on statistics on abortion, but I know in here in our country in the last 46 years, there's been 61 million 
abortions. Then you look at that globally, and it's 1.5 billion. And so often we look at it in our nation, you know, and, and, and just in our decisions and how we go about it. But when you look at that globally, that's with a B, 1.5 billion. That's staggering. That's overwhelming. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is because churches and Christians are not exempt from this. So if you're one of those people um, that has done that, I just want to share with you, we're here. We are not in opposition to you. We are here for you. You are not alone. Uh, We want to minister to you. We want to encourage you. You might be there sitting even now in this auditorium or listening online and you're hurting. You know, you think of the past and you read these verses and we're here. We want, you, we want to tell you that we love you. We want to tell you that God loves you. I mean, it, it just we realize the struggle. There's a struggle to see the future sometimes. And we get that and we understand that. But what happens sometimes in our decision as we go about them, we, we end up buried in our past. We're buried with this hopelessness and this struggle, right? We're like, oh, I can't do it. I can't move forward. How in the world is this going to work? Sometimes we get buried in our past decisions or the shame that we experience in our life. And I'm here to tell you, like, with the promises that God gives to us, that can change. The hopelessness, just the, the burden, that, the weight that comes with that. There is liberty and there is freedom and it's incredible. And so God says very clearly, I will redeem you, regardless of our situation, regardless of our status, regardless of our circumstance, regardless of what we think about ourselves, Jesus paid the price for every single one of us for our past decisions. And so what, happen, what has to happen is we have to receive that. He's already done what he needs to do. So we receive the redemption from the Lord. It's hugely important. Now, one of the things that I do just want to share is over the the last like decade, the abortion numbers have declined. And so that's something that I celebrate because to me, like as a pastor, I constantly am like, ho- like wanting to give people hope, you know, wanting to, to give people just that encouragement, wanting to, to give people to speak towards the future, right? There's incredible opportunities just, just with adoption and fostering and, you know, taking kids in, like it's just incredible. So we want to give uh, hope because every single one of us, we have hope in our life. And if we're able to, to lift our eyes a little bit from our, our struggles and our situation, and we look down the road a little bit, we recognize that we have a destiny. We have a destiny and a colonist, and every single one of us have that. And the Lord speaks that over us, and so we can experience the promises that God gives to us. I hope that you get that. I hope that you understand that he will allow us to experience the freedom and he will give us redemption. And that's amazing. And the third promise that he gives us in that passage of scripture we read at the beginning is that he will claim us as his own. And a great supporting scripture for that is 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. He says, and I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And so this promise is directly connected to our identity. I I will claim you as my own, our identity. Like God gives us a name. 
He gives us a last name. He gives us a promise. And, and so identity is hugely important in our lives. Like we're constantly looking for who we identify with. Have you ever gone to a, a meeting or, you know, a marketplace meeting or, a, you know, and, and, and you walk into a party or something like that and there's a whole group of people, a room full of people. What's the first thing that you do? You look for, we, all of us, we look for who do I connect with? Who am I like? Right? Who, who, who in this room can I talk to other than just myself? Right? That's what we do. And so that's our identity. Right? That's hugely important. Who do I identify with? And so the Lord gives us this incredible identity where he claims us as his own because he loves us. He accepts us. He values us. He speaks value. like He cherishes you as a son or a daughter. And I love just the understanding that he adopts us as his own, like he takes us own, as his own, as a child of his, of his. And so one of the things with that, like I love this piece, the Lord has revealed incredible things to me over this last year about my identity. And I, I, I need to say this like very, very clearly. This is something we've talked about at different times and different series and messages. But if you are hearing this for the first time, please know that our identity is found in Jesus like so many times people look for their identity in different things. I mean, why is it that so many gangs in communities are, are, are made up of young people? It's because as an adolescent, you know, you're rising up, you're trying to figure out, who am I? Who do I connect with? Who, where? And so like gangs will bring you know, young kids in and give them a family, give them identity to connect with. And so very clearly, like our true identity can only be found in Christ. He's the one that gives us the self-worth that we long for. I mean, it's just this identity piece. It's primarily about who we are in Christ. Because when we know that our self-worth comes from Jesus, I think following him gets easier. I, I, like, I really do, I, because we need to believe this promise, because the first, the, the idea is, like, we are, we are being a Christian, like, just our being. That's just who we are. We're identifying with Christ, and then following him, I think it's just following in his footsteps and who he is, because we, we've identified, identified with him in such a, such a deep, deep level, and so we need to believe these promises and stop believing the opposite, Right? Some of you, these promises, they may be new for you. You're not allowing them to saturate your soul. They're not allowing you to, to dictate who God says that you are and, and how you view yourself. Because far too often, you know, we view life as hard. Right? If, if you're one of those people, like you, you look at your life and you're like, it's so hard. It's so stressful. Life is so unfair. Things should go my way. Things should happen. Like Life is so tiresome. Because when we get weary in our life, we begin to question everything, right? We begin to question our motives. Why am I doing this? I shouldn't do this. I don't want to do that anymore. We begin to question our intentions about certain things. Why? Because we're just worn out. It's so stressful when we're looking at life. We, we question our goals. We begin to question our identity when we look at our life and we see all this turmoil and struggle. And here's why. The devil wants you to crumble under the pressure of life. That's exactly what he wants to happen. 
So if you look at your circumstance right now and all you can see is all the bad and all the trouble and all, I'll tell you what, the enemy is, is, he is pressing on you very hard. And so what he wants to do is he wants to isolate us. He wants us to, to push us aside because a person who is worn out and who feels alone usually makes very poor decisions. Uh, it's just this is the reality, you know, and you can see that time and time again. And, and sometimes I'll talk to people that are struggling like this, and, and they go, well, why doesn't God just take the weight? Like, why doesn't God just take this away? Why, doesn't I, wh- 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 why does this come on me? Why do I have to deal with this? Why doesn't God just take it? He does. He absolutely does. When you look at all the, these promises... He does. He's offering this to you and I. This is incredible. This is amazing. Amazing. And so we've got to grab a hold of this, and it's time for us to make a move. It's time for us to have this happen. And so I just want to share with you, our greatest victories always come after our most difficult battles. When you look at that battle and you struggle and you go, oh, that was so hard, that's usually the one that you celebrate the most. The ones that come easy, we just see them, we're like, oh, no big deal, no big But the ones that are hard and difficult, we celebrate. So what if we could experience the freedom that God offers, the redemption that he gives to us, to experience this identity where he claims us as, a, as his own, where we get unstuck, right? Not just spinning our tires, we get delivered from our pressure and we're not worn out. And I want that for you, right? I want that for you so bad. And here's what I hope you that you understand is God wants that for you too. And so how do we get there, right? How do we get to that place? I mean, I would say very directly, there's probably a few things that you need to change. It's time to make a move. It's time to make some adjustments. We need to be completely dependent upon the Lord. Maybe in this time of prayer and fasting, you hadn't really done anything yet. It's time to get on the train. Like it's good. It's rich. Is it difficult? Yeah. But that's what it's meant to be. So maybe just part of you getting unstuck is, is that, that thing that, that constantly holds you back and holds you down is like an anchor in your life. You're like, I'm done. I'm cutting it. And, and, and you, you make that like part of your fast and you push yourself away. And a big part of this is also just allowing the Lord to minister to you so deep where you're able to let the past go. Because the devil's the one that will constantly remind us of all the things that we've done. Because he wants to hold us down. And you got to be done with it. You got to be done. We, we know we can't change the past, but so often we dwell on it. And the Lord speaks over us something so different. Like what he, he wants to, to rescue us and pick us up. And he wants to put us on a path for our future. And to, to reveal our destiny as we walk it out day by day. That's what the Lord asks of us. And I want to encourage you. The reason he does that, because of what he sees in our future. And so I just want to encourage you, don't return back. Right? The, the, the price was very costly to redeem us, to get us out of that situation. Don't return back. It's not worth it. And so this is what we need to do. This is my, my final verse as I close this message. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge cloud of, crowd of witnesses... To life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Like we can do this. Every single one of us, we can do this. We can experience it where we cut those ties and we push them off and we're like, I'm done with it. And we can live in the promises that we read about, not just read about them and hear about them in our head, but our lives are dictated and we follow after him. 
having wisdom, having direction, having power and faith and boldness that the Lord offers to us. And so I just want to encourage us. I want to speak this over you just as your pastor. Like, what if we were to do this, to fully believe and live in God's promises? I, I just, I think our life would be different. I really do. That'd be amazing. And I want that so badly for you. And I know there may be some of you here just in, in this auditorium or listening online, like you, you have not yet taken even the first step in, in following God's promises where God says that he will free us from our sin. And the only way that he can do that is because of Jesus. And so I want to encourage you, the first step in experiencing that is us putting our faith in Christ where we take our lives and all of our mess and all of our stuff and we, we cast it before him and we're like, I'm done with it. You can have it. And so what it is is we surrender our lives over to Christ and he takes our mess, all of our junk, and he just, he, he absorbs it. He's like, thank you so much. I've been waiting for this. And he makes it all new and changes it and he brings us forgiveness. And so there just might be some of you here that today you need to put your faith in Christ. You need to commit your life to him or maybe recommit your life towards the Lord where you look at some of the past decisions and you're like, oh, I had it before, but right now just things aren't so great. And, and man, maybe today's the day where you're like, I need that. Those three promises, I want that. And maybe today's the day where you just kind of put that stake in the ground and you're like, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to make a move. I'm going to get unstuck. And so if all of you here in the auditorium, if you would do me a favor and just go ahead and close your eyes and bow your head just in reverence before the Lord, uh, just reflecting on those promises and thinking about them and what the Lord offers to you. And then I did want to just share very directly for those of you who need to put your faith in Christ and make a commitment or a recommitment to Him. The reason I asked everybody to bow their head and close their eyes is to give you just a little bit of secrecy and privacy. Because right now in this moment, I want you to just go ahead and lift your hand for me just, I'm the only one looking around and just say, you know what, I need to do that. Just go ahead. If that's you, yeah, go ahead and slip your hand up. I see your hand in the back. Thank you so much. Anybody else, go ahead and put your hand up. Say, yep, that's me. I need to make a commitment to Christ. I need to make a recommitment. Yep, I see your hands. Thank you so much. It's a big deal. Anybody else, just slip it up. Say, yeah, I need it and I know it. And today's the day. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go ahead and pray. And if, if all of you just pray along with me, just in your mind, in your heart, and go before the Lord. So pray something like this, just to God, I know I need you. God, I'm desperate for you. I'm longing for you. God, I want your promises so badly in my life. And so right now I put my faith in Jesus. I commit to follow after him. I love him. I know that he loves me and I receive that love. God, I receive your love, your goodness, your grace. It's such a generous gift. Jesus, thank you for laying your life down. Would you forgive me for all the things that I've done? Because I want 2020 to be a what if type year. And that can only happen through you. And Father, I pray for every single one of us, Lord, that you would just continue to mold and shape us. Like, Lord, I even see it just now. Your hands are here. Your spirit's here. You are working. You are molding and shaping us. And it's beautiful. It's powerful, it's strong. It's so significant, Lord, what you're doing. Lord, that we in our spirit being, God, will just experience you like never before. 
We delight in you, Lord. We honor you in everything that you are. Lord, bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.